This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Beth Voorhees. We can't outrun this bear. Without MSHA, we would blow ourselves up. I have to get 1,000 people off the payroll. These are all statements jurors in Charleston listened to Don Blankenship make during phone conversations he recorded in his Belfry, Kentucky office in the few years before the Upper Big Branch mine disaster. The ex-Massey Energy CEO was charged with conspiring to violate federal mine safety standards and lying to investors about the company's safety record after the 2010 explosion that killed 29 men. Those secret recordings are now being used by federal prosecutors to make a case against him. As Ashton Marr reports, the audio clips were presented during a lengthy testimony from Blankenship's former executive assistant. The September 2009 phone conversation was just one of many jurors listened to in a federal courtroom in Charleston Tuesday. This is a portion of a conversation former Massey CEO Don Blankenship had with Baxter Phillips, the president of Massey Energy. Then, there was this one from November of that year. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'm torn with, with what I see about the craziness we do. Maybe if it weren't for MSHA, we'd It's blow difficult to understand, up. but Blankenship says, quote, if it weren't for MSHA, we'd blow ourselves up. I don't know, but I know MSHA is bad, but I tell you what, we do some dumb things. I don't know what we'd do if we didn't have them, end quote. MSHA is the Federal Mine Safety and Health Administration, the regulatory agency responsible for inspecting mines. The 2009 conversations came at a time when the defense says Massey was working to significantly decrease the number of safety violations throughout the Massey mine network, including the Upper Big Branch mine near Mont Cole, the coal mine at the heart of this case. Defense attorneys presented evidence Tuesday and in their opening arguments to show that Blankenship was concerned about safety, creating a hazard elimination program to reduce violations and accidents, and their efforts were working. But that argument was countered with this July 2009 recording presented by the prosecution, during which Blankenship is again speaking with Massey President Baxter Phillips about a company release. The other thing down there under the permitting I wrote on the one that you don't have, Baxter, hazard elimination initiative, which probably there's a better name, but... I don't know how far we want to go, but that could lead us into the fact that we're having a record year on safety and that the uh, uh, the company believes that it is better positioned to comply with the law than anyone else in Central Lab or whatever and give us a chance to do some propaganda there. Quote, give us a chance to do some propaganda there. The prosecution will attempt to prove the hazard elimination initiative was all for show. They've already started to do so through a witness last week. Bobby Polly, A former underground miner at the Upper Big Branch Mine, Polly testified safety was the last priority at Massey. Production came first. Jurors heard the first set of audio recordings Friday during the testimony of Blankenship's former longtime secretary, Sandra Davis. Those recordings focused mostly on Blankenship's concerns with his salary and stock options, both of which he was disgruntled with. Tuesday's recordings included more phone calls about compensation, including one in which Blankenship states the company needs to make some kind of announcement in order to shift attention away from executives who were selling off their stock options. But they also 
also included many about safety. A few recordings focused on a memo written by Massey attorney Stephanie Ojeda after a meeting with Bill Ross. Ross was a former mine regulator who worked as a ventilation specialist for Massey. After an interview with Ross, Ojeda sent a memo to Blankenship and other top Massey officials depicting the poor relationship between the company and regulators and what Ross saw as substandard operations in underground mines. On this July 2009 call, Blankenship is speaking with Mike Snelling, another Massey executive. But I had him interview Bill Ross to get his view of all these MSHA violations. Have you been made aware of that? No, sir. I, I, knew, I knew you were going to do it. You mentioned that in a call. In a call. It's, it's highly confidential because I, uh, I don't know really what to do with it because uh, I meant to keep it uh, privileged and confidential, but Bill, uh, his interview on our performance regarding MSHA safety is worse than a Charleston Gazette article. In another call, Blankenship says should a Massey mine have a fatal accident, the Ross memo would, quote, be a terrible document to be in discovery, meaning seen by the court. Testimony from Blankenship's former secretary, Sandra Davis, will continue Wednesday morning. She's expected to be followed on the stand by David Hugert. Hugert is a former Massey executive who was sentenced to 42 months in prison in 2013 for conspiring to hide safety violations from federal regulators. Hugert has been cooperating with the U.S. Attorney office during the investigation into Don Blankenship, but Blankenship claims Hugert is disgruntled because he was fired from Massey for stealing from the company and abusing drugs. His testimony is also expected to be extensive. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Ashton Mara in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. It's 749. Partly cloudy skies today with temperatures in the 50s and 60s, becoming mostly cloudy tonight with lows in the 40s, mostly sunny on Thursday with highs in the 60s, a chance of rain Friday morning, becoming mostly sunny. Support for the weather forecast is provided by Erie Insurance, putting service first since 1925, local agents available at erieinsurance.com. The U.S. Energy Information Administration reports that West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania have had 85% of the increase in U.S. natural gas production since January 2012. The three states have now joined in an effort to grow the shale industry on a regional level instead of competing against one another. As Jesse Wright reports, an agreement solidifying that partnership was signed Tuesday in Morgantown. The agreement spells out four main areas that the three states will work together on to grow the natural gas industry. Marketing, workforce development, infrastructure. And then finally is research. So we have so many universities, great universities, WVU, Pitt, Carnegie Mellon, Ohio State, uh, Cleveland State, who are looking at all these different issues, doing all kind of research on it. We're going to be getting them working together and collaborating together and then taking that information and then benefiting from it. So we're really trying to just pool all resources to get the maximum effort out of it. That's Vision Shared President and CEO Corey Dennison. Vision Shared is a nonprofit that focuses on economic development in West Virginia and was one of the groups that brought leaders from the three states together. 
West Virginia Governor Earl Ray Tomlin signed Tuesday's agreement, along with Ohio Lieutenant Governor Mary Taylor and Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, during the Tri-State Shale Summit in Morgantown. The summit bills itself as bringing industry leaders together to discuss opportunities in the Marcellus and Utica shale regions. Tomlin says you don't often hear about the Texas or Louisiana oil and gas industries on their own, but you do hear about the Gulf Coast as a region. He says it's time for the tri-state area to market itself in a similar way. I think it's very important that we work as three states or as a region that has the gas in common to promote the Appalachian Basin as a good place for companies to invest in our region and to create jobs here. That regional approach also applies to growing the natural gas industry workforce. Dennison says that when companies think about moving into a region, they look to see how many qualified workers are available nearby. When you put a 50-mile radius, a 100-mile radius, and a 250-mile radius over most of the large cities in West Virginia uh, and uh, southwest Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio, you're going to be crossing state lines. So for the workforce effort, I, th- I think that's where we can really collaborate together as three states. The agreement says that each state will pay for its own expenses in meeting their common goals and will automatically renew every year until December 31, 2018. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jesse Wright in Morgantown. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University, West Virginia University, Marshall University, and Concord University. Our director is Teresa Wills. I'm Beth Voorhees.